WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 97, All About the Hobbit, chapter 10, A Warm Welcome, being the 97th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Audrey of Mordor, she wrote. I had to to like make sure I enunciated that because it's too perfect. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I I love a good pun. The pun in your title is amazing. Yep. 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 I was like, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that we are in the same Facebook group for it's like a subgroup of and that's why we drink fans. I think so. For podcast creators. Yes. So it's a very specific (laughs) group of (laughs) Internet people. And then you guys recently, I got, you know, within the last couple months, I guess, posted in this group. And I was like, oh, my freaking God, what are the odds that there's another (laughs) like Lord of the Rings pun female hosted podcast? And it's also about so. So actually, I'm I'm rambling about your podcast. Why don't you jump in and tell the listeners what it's about? Someone else ramble about my (laughs) podcast, you know, because then it's not me once in a while. But um, so, yeah, myself and my friend Kayla, we do Mordor. She wrote Kayla is an English teacher at the high school level. So she teaches The Hobbit basically every year, but has never read any other Tolkien, has never seen any of the Tolkien movies, um, is just bare minimum familiar. Um, I became deeply obsessed with all things Tolkien in 2001, which is when Fellowship of the Ring movie was released, got into the books, read The Silmarillion, the whole thing everything did it all wrote fan fiction all the garbage um and so we're going through chapter by chapter with kayla knowing nothing and um me kind of acting as her tour guide as we go through it so um yeah we've been having a lot of fun yeah yeah that's um so i as someone who um i was in kayla's position where i knew nothing about you know and I also know nothing about The Hobbit either. Um, it would have been nice to have a tour guide at some points. <laughs> <laughs> there were definitely, not that like I don't love having guests on each week, but there are definitely a lot of points where I'm like, it would be nice if I had a consistent co-host and not have to worry about <laughs> scheduling. And also they can be the one to be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't. The worst mistake I made was I combined episodes on chapters I think it was like it was like five chapters like five and six of book two in Fellowship of the Ring. And one of those chapters happens to be when Gandalf dies. Spoiler alert, everyone. Oh, no. Um, And I wish I had known ahead of time because looking at the page length, I was like, oh, these are super short. I'll combine them. And then oh, if no. I had known ahead of time, I definitely would have never combined them because that should have been its whole separate episode. There's a lot of things, you know, looking back, I'm like, I should have done differently. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was also I just had this like this like innate reaction within me when I saw the name of your podcast that I was like, how did I never think of that? That's Amazing, because that's what I'm talking about is not a unique pun. It's I have fun, not, though. It, it's fun to say, but like a lot, of, I've had some people message me and be like, oh my gosh, this person stole your merch. And I'm like, they oh, didn't, because no. they're, I do have merch for my podcast specifically, but there's also tons of other t shirts out there that say that's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, it's a very common pun, don't worry. But Mordor, <laughs> she wrote, is so brilliant. And I'm just mad I had never it had never occurred to me. So we went back and forth with like a ton of titles on Insta just for like days. And then I just like pulled that one kind of out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, OK, that's it. Like that's We're it. done. Yeah. We're going to stop brainstorming now. Yeah. The best ones just come to you like that. Just randomly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really sad that I didn't know. So I was messaging y'all's um, show account on Instagram and Kayla yes. was the one responding. I wish I had known that she actually is. I mean, it sounds like she's super familiar with The Hobbit because she teaches it. And I wish I had known that because I 100% would have had her on. She just made she made it sound like she hadn't 
read it at all. And I was like, oh, okay, don't worry. I don't want to, you know, make you read something before. No, she's definitely read it. So, and, and, um, I know she's really busy because it's coming up on the end of the school year. So definitely now is a very hectic time for her. Okay, cool. That makes me feel a little less bad. That maybe <laughs> she wouldn't have been able to, her scheduling wouldn't have been great. She's for got anyway. a lot going on. We've been bad. trying to schedule for like a month now and had to take a week off this week basically because we ran out of backlog episodes. So we we're just like, we'll just fit it in when we can. Yeah, totally get that. Cool. Oh my God. Also, I just... It would be really fun to hear about all of this from like a, a teacher, a teacher's yes. perspective. That's she's so, been that's so fun. So she's been like, as we go through Fellowship of the Ring, she's been like, okay, so this part reminds me of the hero's journey with like, and is breaking it down. And I'm always just like, oh, please enlighten me, because like yeah. I was not an English student, I was not a literature student, so like vaguely familiar, right? I'm like but- a very like half baked like literature like academic person where I did I a lot of the things I studied in college were very adjacent to English um, and like proper literature and everything but like none of it was like directly related to it so like I'm familiar with a lot of these concepts but um, I wouldn't ever know how to teach them or anything. Well, I studied like film writing. So it was like when we're talking about story structure, we're not talking about hero's journey. We're talking about it's a three act structure. And so it's like, it's not the same. (laughs) Well, and that's what's funny about The Hobbit is that there are actually a lot of hints of like, oh, we're entering the last stage. And I'm like, this is weird that like Tolkien, when he was writing this, is almost writing it like it's a movie with a three act structure. And he's like, we're entering the final, the final stage, the final act. And I'm like, this is weird. Although I guess plays, the concept of plays. That's existed. That's, <laughs> you know? that's kind of where like, I, I mean, I guess play, I don't know. Now I'm thinking too much about this because Shakespeare plays typically have five or six acts. Sometimes yes. some of them longer well, ones have Especially more, if they're tragedies. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the tragedies. Yeah. Um, And then now typically most plays or musicals have two acts. So I'm wondering right. where three acts came in. Anyway thinking too much about that we're just you know off the rails lost in the weeds a little bit that's okay (laughs) (laughs) um so you kind of you kind of already talked about this a a little Mm -hmm. bit but um I asked my guests how they got into Lord of the Rings and and Tolkien and everything so like what time of your life and everything did that come to you okay so I was in 2001 I was like 10 11 years old when uh fellowship of the ring came out i actually had no awareness of it whatsoever when it was in theaters the following spring i was at my cousin's house because i grew up in a really small town so it was like farm town and i walked to her house she had it on i fell immediately in love with orlando bloom as legolas (laughs) and uh basically like not not to like self-roast but i'm gonna self-roast a little bit my I had like four different Orlando Bloom posters and two years worth you know of Orlando what? Bloom calendar pictures in my you room. Are, you are certainly not the first guest on this podcast to be like, yeah, I had a shrine to Orlando Bloom as Legolas and whatnot in for my room sure. in the 2000s. For sure. And you also won't be the last person to say that either. <laughs> that makes me feel a little bit better. I'm in good company. So, yes. um, which are like, of course, now I'm an adult and I'm like, man, how did I ever think that like Legolas was the best character in this, you know, but whatever. Uh, seduced by a beautiful face he's also much better in the books i will say he has basically more of a personality in the book he's basically like man okay so this is like random knowledge but they portray him as all like graceful and stuff in the movies and that is fairly canonical um to like his description but like compared to other elves he is often considered to be kind of like a dumb jock oh is he yeah you know what I love that. That checks out with me. Yes. <laughs> Just like this big himbo jock that was supposed yes, to go to Rivendell. Yeah. Yeah. That's supposed to go to Rivendell and be like, hey, this bad thing happened. And then he's like, oh, bye, dad. I'm just going to screw off for like four years and go with these random people. He's going on a gap thing. here. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. But yeah, so I um, was obsessed with the movies. My birthday party that year was themed Lord of the Rings. I got my first set of the books from my godfather and basically read them faster than I've ever read anything in my life. Uh, (laughs) And then the next one I decided to pick up was not The Hobbit. It was The Silmarillion, which is like Tolkien's Bible. Wow, that's quite a leap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, But yeah, so I got into all things Tolkien from there. I wrote 
Tolkien fan fiction. I was also obsessed with Lost at the time. So here's a fun fact. I was like, Evangeline Lilly would make an amazing elf. And uh, I know you haven't seen the movies, but just hold on to that thought in your mind when you go into the Hobbit movies. Okay, will do. So so are you telling me that you wrote um, Lost Lord of the Rings crossover fan fiction? It wasn't crossover fan I'm not fiction. judging if you did. I'm not judging. I, it wasn't because I was not that <laughs> ambitious in my fan fiction for sure. I was going to say, that sounds awesome. But it was very much like when I was describing my self-insert OC, it was Evangeline Lily. Like, that's just who it was. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's all amazing. Uh, so this week we are discussing chapter 10. Oh, that's weird. Sorry. I, I was flipping to find the chapter and I forgot that my copy of The Hobbit has um, a preview of the first chapter of Fellowship of the Ring at the back. Oh. And so I was flipping through it and it said Fellowship of the Ring. And I'm like, crap, I have the wrong, completely wrong book. Oh, no. It's fine. Um, this is The Hobbit. Um, this is a warm welcome, and I had to remind myself of that, of the name of the chapter, because there was one point where I was like, oh no, like, fights are about to ensue, there's going to be trouble, and then I was like, oh wait, it's called a warm welcome. It's probably going to be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it, right? That It's inviting. So. It's probably going to be fine, yeah. Um, and I should also add, this is a very short chapter where, quite honestly, not that much happens um, I could I could literally just say Bilbo and the dwarves go to Lake Town where they are welcomed in and they rest and then they restock and refuel and leave for the Lonely Mountain. And that's literally it. the chapter. So thank you for coming on. This was such a fun episode. This was great, you know, just like talking about the equivalent of a short rest in D&D, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, so we find everyone, they're still, or at least the dwarves are, they're still in their barrels, and they're floating down the river. Bilbo, I'm assuming he still has the ring on. I can't remember if it, like, mentioned specifically, but... It doesn't super clarify, but he is, like, on top of the barrels, and because, like, they encounter people at one point, you have to assume he's got the ring on. Yeah. He doesn't get back in the water. Mm -hmm. And again, just pointing out that, like, it's so... We talked about this um, in the previous chapter discussion, how, like, knowing what we all know about the ring from Lord of the Rings... It's so wild to think about the fact that, like, Bilbo was wearing the ring for two weeks. It said, like, when they were in um, the elf prison um, that he was, they were there for, like, two weeks. And then this is probably, like, another week onto that or at least a couple days. It's just crazy how long he's been wearing the ring. He does wear it for really extended periods of time. Um, man, I'm going to dive deep in the archives and probably say something wrong here. But to my recollection, um, Sauron hadn't yet like gathered his power at this time like he was in process of consolidating it so he didn't have the same amount of okay. will to exert over the ring um because that's kind of the whole thing that's happening during this time is like the, it's starting to consolidate in Mirkwood and in Mordor and stuff but it's not really happened yet okay see I was wondering um because I've talked with a couple different guests about like did Tolkien know when he wrote the Hobbit that like the ring would turn into so like I know that the real example in real life or the real explanation in real life for why the ring isn't affecting Bilbo is because when Tolkien wrote this he didn't he didn't know right. it would have that effect but I I hadn't like even thought really of a or maybe I have in a past episode and I just don't remember at all um <laughs> I hadn't really thought like what the in-universe explanation was but that makes that makes a lot of sense that checks out with me yeah if if I'm recalling correctly he touches on it in the Silmarillion which is like part him part his on, I think consolidating stuff posthumously but um but there's like a brief section that's like the war of the ring and he talks about like the time period during which uh Sauron's consolidating his power mm. fun fact about Sauron's name it's basically um an elvish nickname so the elves started calling him this and it it just means like foul or bad smelling one so it's basically like Mr. Stinky Stinky <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> just just like to drop that in there. But um, but yeah, so it's we're supposed to assume like if we know more about the extended universe and whatever that um, Sauron doesn't have enough power to go around basically right now. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. That checks out. That makes sense with me. Um, I feel like 
I, I will, listeners, I will do my best throughout the rest of The Hobbit to not like come back to this conversation because I've come back, I've, I bring it up a lot um, to the point where someone let, it was low key, like one of the meanest five star reviews I've ever read oh. where they were like, she needs to get over the fact that Tolkien didn't know what he was doing with the ring when he wrote The Hobbit. I'm like, do you like this podcast? <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. Oh, no. I mean, it is a big thing. Like, it's a huge plot thing yeah. in Lord of the Rings, so, right? So I will do my best to not, like, harp on this too much more. Okay, cool. So moving on. Yeah, they are also floating down the river. Oh, this is something that I forgot to bring up in the previous chapter that I think is very important to mention, which is that if we ever get our Lord of the Rings theme park, the dwarves in the barrels would be the log flume ride. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I also believe, like, as in this part of the story, they're they're floating down the river and everything, and it's kind of, like, flattened down, and it's a lot calmer. So the log flume then transitions into your lazy river. Oh, I love that. So I'm just, just throwing it out there for anyone who's not Disney. Disney, stay away from Lord of the Rings, but where's my Lord of the Rings theme park? I want it. I mean, I, want it. I feel like we deserve it, right? It's yeah. it's a property that's been around for a long time. So someone get on it. Yeah. So um, that would be um, uh, I've conceptualized with a couple other people um, on Twitter and in this podcast as well. And other people have talked about it, too, of like, what would the rides be like? And like, what would the food attractions be? Uh, and everything. The food and attractions just... would be like all of the attractions. Right? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> there would just, I'm imagining there would be like little kiosk carts for each of the Hobbit um, like food sketch. So like there's one cart dedicated just for breakfast and it has very light like quick coffee and then maybe like a croissant or something yeah Yeah. and then second breakfast has maybe something a little heartier breakfast burritos that yeah exactly exactly so like I could picture it all in my mind and so I felt it was very important I was so upset that I I, like finished recording for the previous chapter and was like oh my god I forgot to bring up the log (laughs) flume I'm glad you brought it up now because the combination idea like oh man yeah if you've ever been to a water park where it's like you're on the inner tubes and it's not like you're floating at the beginning but you're like basically going down a bunch of little waterfalls and then yeah. at the bottom it's like a pool yeah perfect yeah there's some logistics to work out of like okay so a log flume is you're typically in that in those little like boats that are shaped like mm-hmm. the logs you know in this case they would be shaped like barrels, barrels obviously um so there are some logistics of like how do you transition from like the barrels to an inner tube i guess you would have the option to just get off and not go to the lazy river part but like yeah. i just feel like it's so all the it inner tubes so could be well. shaped like barrels too it could be so fun so much yes. fun i think it would be great so. if anyone has a bunch of money they're about to shell out for a lord of the rings theme park hit me up i'm ripe with ideas yes but what is less fun than a log flume in a lazy river is this situation where <laughs> they are floating <laughs> down the i believe it's called the long lake um and bilbo sees the lonely mountain off in the distance he's like oh my god that's that's the mountain that's what we're here to do this is crazy and it looks terrifying oh no what have I gotten myself he is like more afraid of a mountain in the distance than I have been afraid of anything in my entire life right yeah I was like I mean I can understand being like confronted all of a sudden by being like oh my god there's a dragon in that mountain and and the reality of what he's there to do But, like, he's very afraid of it, and he, like, doesn't at all want to think about it at all. Um, no. He's, like, just going to – that's for that's for future Bilbo to it's worry about. Like, I'll about. just compartmentalize it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the river actually moves them away from the Lonely Mountain. There's a lot of geograph- geography in this chapter where Tolkien's, like – and it was down to the south where there were the marshes, and then those went out into the wetlands that were west of the east, and I'm like, I don't know where you are. He really loves his, like – map quest directions in the text oh, yeah. you know like <laughs> he did it in lord of the rings he does it in the mm-hmm. hobbit and i'm always just like i Dude, don't I know don't... what you're talking about like, yeah, i'm like i don't know where you are without having to like physically open like the map that's at the back of my book or something and be like where are you like i can't read it and look at the map at the same time exactly and, and yeah. like ultimately it doesn't matter if lake town is north or west or east just tell me like 
the river diverged and took them away from the mountain. That's all I need to yeah. know, to, know to, Tolkien. But he, it, it's like a good long paragraph, not just like a paragraph. It's a like he expected paragraph. us to, you know, like follow the river, like to physically find this fictional river yeah. and walk along it based on his direction. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like in Serial and um, like other true crime podcasts where yes. they like, there's always that episode where they go back and they like retrace like the the route or like the um what's it called like the alibi or whatever yes. of the person to be like was it actually possible for them to go to best buy and oh. use the payphone but the problem is oh that gosh. according to the <laughs> blueprints there was no payphone no pay at the phone. best buy i remember that episode of serial oh my gosh it was a it's good like true crime like, mythbusters you know this is amazing it was so it was groundbreaking serial did for podcasting what I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> you started what, out. You know, so I started out so strong, and I don't even know like what comparison to make here. What like Stranger Things did for the concept of a Netflix original series? There you there go. go. Yeah, that checks yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> it came together in the end. Yeah. So, but we are not going to go out and look and 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 map out this river. Point is, is that they're on this river and they're floating away from the the Lonely Mountain. And Bilbo notes that there's um, that the road that if they just stayed on the path, (laughs) he's like he notices like where it would have come out. Um, But the problem is that a lot of the land has been like flooded over the years and been, um, I guess, eroded is the right word. So even Gandalf and probably Bayorn or Bjorn. I still say Bayorn in my head, but it's okay. whatever. Bjorn, um, which I heard is Swedish for bear. Um, so that checks out. That makes sense. Uh, so I doubt it mentions that like they didn't know that where the path leads out would have taken them to the river where they would have had to get on the river and the river was guarded by elves. And it says so. And then it says, so you see, Bilbo had come in the end by the only road that was any good. And I just love the narrator slash, you know, Bilbo, quote unquote, yes. being like, so you see, it all worked out in the end. It's so fun in this narrative that like Tolkien inserts himself like a little bit like, yeah. I don't know what may have happened to this other character, but here's what we do know. And yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, great. Just take me on your journey. I also like that. Um, he talks about like seeing the end of the road and he goes, although it looks like it's basically never used. And I was like, well, then how did you see it? Is there really a road there? <laughs> well, he apparently has um, very good eyes. They made yes. a very, they made a very like big point um, in, uh, I think two chapters ago of being like, Bilbo, you have good eyes. And it's like, when did he get keen elf eyes? We don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's part elf. We Who's to say? Who knows? Also, his panic during this moment, I felt like his fear about the literally just the sight of this mountain in the distance far outweighed his concerns that maybe he hadn't sealed the lids enough on some of the barrels. Like he's having those thoughts kind of simultaneously, but one of them is clearly way heavier on his mind. And I'm like, dude, some of your friends priorities here, priorities here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also uh, another moment where like the narrator, quote unquote, inserts himself here. It mentions that um, Gandalf had apparently received news. So I don't know how it happened, um, but he apparently has received news of what happened to all of them. And it says it gave him great anxiety, and he was, in fact, finishing his other business. And then in parentheses, which does not come into this tale. And I'm just like, seriously, Gandalf is going to go do this big mysterious mission and leave these dwarves and this dumb hobbit all by their lonesome. And we're not even going to know what it was about. What he was dealing with. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, you know what? I, it's it's in character for a chaotic Gandalf the Grey, and I'm here for it. So Gandalf is really like the epitome of, wow, I have all these friends and I'm going to go send them to do dangerous stuff and then I will hear from them again in nine months. Yep. <laughs> like no check-ins. Yeah. I like to just imagine because there's like some oblique references to like wizards being able to understand birds um, throughout the Tolkien Middle Earth universe. I like to just assume that the way that Gandalf gets all his news is that like the birds are just being really gossipy. 
Yeah. Um, what, what's, the, what's the phrase? Like a little birdie told me? Yes. Just, yes. just literally? <laughs> yes, exactly. Forget like messenger pigeons or carrier pigeons or whatever. Yeah. It's just literally the birds coming to tell him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This all this moment also, there are a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, this is such a, like, you can really tell that this was Tolkien telling this story to his kid. Because in this moment, I can just very clearly imagine his son being like, oh, and what was, Ga- like, what about Gandalf? What was Gandalf doing? And Tolkien's like, oh, well, he, um, he was off doing his own thing. And he did hear about what happened to the dwarves. So he's coming back to meet up with them. And then the son is like, so so what was Gandalf doing? And just don't <laughs> worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with this with this tale. It doesn't have any effect on them. So we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tolkien's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is he doing? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Dealing with whatever MacGuffin would keep him away for long enough. Yeah. And if I understand it, this is something that like is either discussed or, or alluded to or expanded on in the Silmarillion or something. So like... Maybe I will eventually learn what happens, but I also just like this idea of Gandalf just disappears and we just don't know what it was. It is in the Silmarillion alluded to, and it has to do a little bit, I think, uh, with what I was saying about like Sauron consolidating power. And uh, so Gandalf's basically like, let me go investigate some stuff. Yeah. Let me go yeah, investigate. Yeah. yeah. Classic Gandalf fashion. Let me go investigate Gandalf and do some PI, research. You I know? will be back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the log flume slash lazy river is continuing to bring them down the river. And eventually they come to this man-made um, city or village town. Well, it's called Lake Town. So town is <laughs> the right word. Um, that's like in the middle of the on like on wood, what, like piers and docks and stuff in the middle of the lake. Um, and the uh, barrels get taken to shore so that they can be like emptied and, and refilled and shipped off again with other stuff. And then those people leave. And then Bilbo is like, great, now's my time to shine again. Um, and he has to like go and knock on some of the barrels and be like, hello, is anyone in there? <laughs> um, and he lets out first is Thorin. Mm-hmm. Um and it mentions that like he's very he's not in good shape because he's very hungry he's very banged up and bruised he's wet so uh bilbo didn't do a great job of sealing this was what so this is what like i had a lot of like logistical concerns about with the barrels was like okay (laughs) how because one of them mentions when he's being like packed in one of the dwarves is like oh make sure to leave me an air hole and like, yeah, that makes sense. You need an air hole so you don't suffocate. But also, if you have an air hole, doesn't that mean the water gets water in? Water gets in. Yeah, you're <laughs> so right. Like, you what? got it. What's happening here? <laughs> like me, and then we, uh, my guest and I were like, maybe they like somehow are able to like roll the barrel so the air hole is like on top of the river. It depends how fast or slow the water's moving. I guess I don't. I don't know. Um, but some water has gotten in. Luckily, I, I think actually he might use the adjective. Like he looked drowned or something, maybe not for Thorin, but maybe for some of the other ones. Um, but he's not he's not in good shape and he's very grumpy about it. Before before I continue more, what what are your feelings and, and thoughts about Thorin? I, in general, really like Thorin, even though I think that grumpy is the best adjective to describe him throughout. Uh, I just think that the oh, man, look, if I was. Uh, of an older generation, perhaps I might call him entitled, but I love the way that he's just like bust into every room and he's like, yes, I am the heir. The most important here. Treasure under the mountain. And he has no qualms about that at all times. And so moments like this one with the barrels where he's like undignified are not necessarily as common and I just relish them so much. Yes, he is very undignified. That's a that's a good way to phrase it. Um so the reason I ask is because I find Thorin very annoying and useless. <laughs> he is though. Like um, his like you talent are, is throwing his name around and that's it. You're providing like no help to this mission. You are doing an awful lot of complaining for someone who is doing essentially nothing, you know? Like yes. it, it really annoys me, especially because like he rags on Bilbo all the time. And I'm like, Thorin, you've done nothing. Bilbo has done way more than you have by this point. So I love that, just that shut up. 
attitude, like that Bilbo's whole oh, attitude so in this section was amazing because he was yeah. basically just like, oh, well, a thank you would be nice is basically the subtext here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah so it says that um, for better or for worse, you know, Thorin's alive and, and whatnot, so that's good. Um, and Bilbo says, well, are you alive or are you dead? Uh <laughs> quite crossly and it also says that it probably didn't occur to Bilbo that like maybe he's in a better mood because he was able to like sneak that meal and he wasn't like packed away in a barrel and at least could like stretch and stuff (laughs) um and so like maybe that's why Thorin's in a worse mood um and then he says are you still in prison or are you free and I love that it's like well you're out of prison so yes what do you want it could be worse I accomplished the mission. You're welcome. <laughs> I do. I love it. The attitude comes across so well in that section mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just perfect. Uh, and he also says like, well, I, I guess the next thing we need to do is get food. If you want to go on with this silly adventure, it's yours after all and not mine. I love that. Like, this is your, like, we're doing this for you. I was, dr- I was bullied yes. <laughs> into coming. You brought me here. <laughs> Like, this is your mission. If you want, we can turn back and go home or, or whatever. But, like, this is your thing we're here to do. So you better, yes. like, buck up, buddy, and fix your oh, attitude. Oh, man, yes. It's, it feels very, it feels very, like, when I was in middle school and had a project I didn't want to do and my mom was helping me. But, like, I was oh being God. really useless. And so at a certain point, mom would be like, well, it's your project. Fine. Fail. <laughs> like- yes. I know exactly. I know exactly the mood. It's nine. It's nine p.m., which is late for you know an elementary schooler. Yes, it's nine p.m. The project is due tomorrow. You're like frantically using like Elmer's glue sticks to um, popsicle sticks and to put down like word art, like clip art, <laughs> onto yeah. like a poster board. Everyone's yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, mom's like, if you just done this, yes, it started it when the teacher gave you the assignment. Oh, how many times I heard that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So Bilba says, you better slap your arms and rub your legs and try to help me get the others while there is a chance. So I love that. He's re- Bilbo's like really cracking the whip and he's got yeah. he's a lot more confident. And I love I love I just love the Bilbo sass. Oh, um, yeah. Now that he is like more assertive and confident in his abilities. Well, and the urgency <laughs> has finally come through. He's like, we got to get the others out now. Mm-hmm. Like, where was this concern when you were on the water pillow? <laughs> he was waiting for, he was being very, I will, I will say he was being like very strategic and careful and making sure that like they were at appropriate stopping points for mm-hmm. him to like sneak off and like get food for himself or, or whatever. And, and making sure that like no one was watching. Cause it mentions like, it would have been really weird. Another like, funny note from the narrator being like if someone had seen what was happening they would have thought it was really weird yes. <laughs> watching this like you know child sized you know adult human whatever <laughs> helping all of these dwarves out of barrels would the have been weirdest hatching yeah. you've ever seen yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so they get everyone else out um and they take so Thorin, Keely, and Feely, and Bilbo go into the town. Um, also, I th- believe this is where we learn it's called Lake Town. And yes. another moment where <laughs> where Christopher Tolkien was probably like, Dad, what was the town called? The what? What town? The town on the lake. Uh, Lake Town. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's called Lake Town. <laughs> Which, you know, which I respect humans do that in real life. So I'm not going to fault him for it. Like, oh, yeah, a hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. But it's also so funny when you contrast it with like how many name like like he gives Aragorn 20 different names. So many. And like the word Rohan apparently has some something to do with horses and some etymology. I don't know. I mean, he's a linguist masquerading as a novelist. So, yeah, the opposite end of that spectrum is this town on on the lake is called lake town (laughs) it's true i do i like to i like to personally think that because he's like so linguistically focused in lord of the rings and stuff that he just like is completely unable to name things off the top of his head because he wants to think about like the origins of them and what the implications are of all the different names total spitball on my part but i'm like (laughs) that it makes sense to me that like they would just be really simplistic stuff the lonely mountain lake town you know yeah, exactly. 
So they approach the the docks and um, there are people guarding them, but but not really guarding it. Um, and so we learn we I think like throughout the chapter, it's added like bits and pieces about Lake Town and the people who live here. And we learn that the people here, um, like back in the day when all of the dwarves were prosperous and, and rich and before Smaug, um, this village was also very prosperous and there was all this trade going on and people were rich and it was just a grand old time. Um, and then Smaug came and then things just kind of like domino effect from there but they have like still kept up trade with the wood elves for example it mentions that they're friends with the wood elves um and as far as they're concerned they they have sung songs and and told like stories of the dwarves and the dragon and everything and like the these treasures and gold but as far as a lot of them are concerned they're not really sure if it was like actually true or not and if any of these if any of these dwarves are actually real even and it specifically mentions that like some of the stories in the songs mention the return of Thror and what is it? Th- Thrain? Thrain. Thrain. Yes. That's it. Yes. You got it. Uh, I was like, I know it's a T H R something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dwarf names are like nice and kind of patterny. So, you know, mm. feely, keely, oin, goin, all that stuff. Yeah. And so um, they approach and the guards are like, oh my God, what are you doing here? And Thorin's like, I am Thorin, son of Thrain. Son of Thror, king under the mountain. I have come back and I wish to see the master of your town. And they're like, oh my god, the ki- the dwarf, the-, the dwarf king from under the mountain. This is awesome. So they go inside and the master, it just says master. It doesn't say like king. Or- they never give him a name. Yeah, they and name him. They go into like the leadership of this town, I think, in future chapters. But the master is kind of like you're. We're supposed to assume it's like the mayor, basically. Okay. Yeah, I was literally about to say a mayor. Okay. Yeah, and he's kind of like in not not quite like believing that like sure this this kid this dwarf whoever is claiming that he is the son of these kings um sure but everyone else is far too excited and it's kind of like too late at that point for him to be like no you have to leave so they're like sure come on in have a feast (laughs) i do want to mention the specific phrasing, I was like, oh, my God, and I lost my mind. It says, as a matter of fact, he thought it far more likely than the return of the king under the mountain. And I was like, ah, return of the king, return of the king. And then it says under the mountain. And I was like, oh, uh, just because he technically hasn't written. Because like, yeah. it would be fun to think about this from from the perspective of like, this is the sequel that he, or, you know, it's a prequel, but like he wrote right. it after the fact, and this could be like a fun little nod to Return of the King and everything. Nope, he just really likes the phrase Return of the King. It's a compelling phrase. Because he also uses, he uses it a couple more times throughout this chapter too, where they're like, oh, the Return of the King under the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and so they sing a song, of course. You have to sing a song. So many songs, always with Tolkien. I was listening to the audiobook um, for this chapter as well, and I was on the other side of the room doing something when the song came up, and I was like, I really don't want (laughs) to. I guess I'll listen to it, because I usually fast forward through the songs on the audiobook. I I was like, I really don't feel like getting up. So I listened to the full thing on the audiobook, too. It's never a fun time. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. But this, like, really reminded me i think clearly tolkien wrote this and was like maybe i'll spice it up and tweak it and make it a little better for this random character named strider in my next book fellowship of the ring (laughs) um because it's this poem it says um just talking about the king and the king returning and this one specific phrase his crown shall be upholden his harp shall be restrung his halls shall echo golden to songs of your resung. And there's a lot of like things coming back in nature, like rejoicing and stuff like that. And it just so reminded me of the blade shall be broken blade shall. Yes. Oh, shoot. What's the full thing? Let me let me look. This uh, up. Restore renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king or like the last yeah. two lines. So and all that glitters is not gold. Not all is wonderful. Yeah, that's how it starts off. Oh, man. I have like some of it, but not all of it. Here we go. All that is gold. Go away, pop up. (laughs) Yeah. All that is gold does not glitter. 
Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes of fire shall be woken. So this is like really the part. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. Yes. And I was just like, okay, Tolkien. I kind of see. I, I feel maybe it was intentional. Maybe it wasn't. But it just really reminded me of like this very important poem <laughs> yes. later on for another king that also returns. Yeah. The Hobbit kind of feels like like the whole theme of like a king claiming what's his or whatever is like is very localized and small in The Hobbit. But in Lord of the Rings, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like everybody. Everybody knows about this, you know, so mm. I, I definitely feel the similarities. Yeah. So they have this big party. It's very fun and exciting. Oh, shoot. I should mention that when they first walk in, there are the... um. The, either the raft elves or the wood elves or something are there that came with the barrels and the raft and everything down the river. And they're like, hey, you are our prisoners. There's like um, another narrator tangent where he talks about like the king of the elves realizing, oh, no, they've escaped. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I'll show them. Yeah. And so I just love that. Like, they're they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we you imprisoned you familiar. and they're like uh i mean are we your prisoners if we're no longer in prison this isn't mm-hmm. your jurisdiction yeah it also uses the phrase like when the elves are talking about like oh we like arrested them it uses the phrase like they were molesting our people and i was like that's a stretch <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah more, i mean more like chasing after you guys to get food but like you didn't even let them get close enough to to touch touch you you. i'm sure he doesn't mean literally molesting no no but it was just very in like modern day um same with the word queer whenever he uses it it's so much in fellowship oh my gosh it's like like it's really heavy especially in like the first like five or six chapters i remember yes and it's like i know it's before the word weird was like prevalent to mean the same thing yeah but i was i was just like "Hmm, man this is a lot yeah and it's like it's just so just like just one of those things that like in our modern day language it's just like okay that was very jarring all right um moving on yes so they have they have this big party um and they stay and they rest up and tolkien very casually glosses over the fact that they spend a full week here and i'm just like I maybe would have liked to see some of these shenanigans, some of these parties. He spends one sentence telling us it's been a week and one sentence telling us that in the whole time nobody asked who Bilbo was. That's true. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Thorin and this is my sister's children. Oh, yeah, yeah. It says, um, shoot, where is it? Yeah. They ask who Keely. I'm all over the place. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Nothing happens in this chapter. So it's not like I have to follow the plot chronologically. It's literally like the last five pages are just them being like they're in town and it was a party. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When they show up, they ask um, who Keely and Feely are. and, And Thorin says, the sons of my father's daughter. And I had to sit there for a minute and work, you know, do the puzzle in my brain. I was like, so your nephews? <laughs> like, why? Maybe, like, actually, it's occurring to me that, like, maybe this was just Tolkien being funny. Maybe this was actually how, ha- I don't know if this was, like, actually how he would have spoken. Or maybe it was just Thorin trying to sound more important than he was. I mean, referring to his father again as, like, reminding people, like, who he is. You know, my father. That's strange. My father, the the sons of my father's daughter. It's just so many extra steps. All right. Okay. And they just don't really question who Bilbo is and they're they're never which is like really funny to me because anytime in Lord of the Rings, the hobbits encounter like new people, they're always like, What are you? A kid? They're Never like, seen a hobbit before. I'm like, an adult. I can drink and smoke legally. <laughs> I really love the in the Hobbit how much time Tolkien spends being like people did or did not notice Bilbo, like even when he's not wearing the ring. Because he's not yeah. wearing the ring here, but it's like he might as well be. <laughs> that's what's the funniest thing about like how he comes to find the ring or depend depending on what I, I later learned that like in the first edition the way he gets the ring is that like he it's a prize that he wins from Gollum I believe in the riddle game and then in later editions he edited it so that it he just finds it which I still don't believe no. I just don't believe that Gollum wouldn't wouldn't have noticed that he 
dropped the ring. Anyway, yes. but the whole reason he gets in that situation is because when the dwarves and Gandalf are ambushed, they like forget Bilbo. <laughs> they just yes. leave him behind. <laughs> They're, and like they get out and Gandalf is the mom and it's like, I can't believe you left your brother at the park. <laughs> Yes. Like, how did you not notice? <laughs> like, like, is he still in the McDonald's play place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut to cut to Bilbo. He's in the like the little tunnels or yeah, yeah, the ball pit and he needs help getting out. <laughs> oh no. Um yeah, they just uh, they just aren't really bothered by him. So I just thought that was very like funny and odd. Um, that no one is like, what's this small person? I guess that maybe they were like, it's just a small dwarf. It's just a baby dwarf. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And so they stay and they rest up. Um, and it mentions, it says, then as, it just says, then as he had said, I'm assuming it's referring, the he is referring to Gandalf because Gandalf is the person who said this. Um, but it says, then as he said, the dwarves' good feelings towards the little hobbit grew stronger every day. There were no more groans or grumbles they drank his health and they patted him on the back and i'm just like okay i mean that's fine and all but like you only showed him respect after he saved you guys like three times well and now you're like in spitting distance of the place you meant to get to so you know like we have to start acting really nice to him because we're about to ask him to do something really crazy yeah (laughs) it's just like making up for everything to this point so far they're like we've been kind of mean and we asked him to do this as a favor to us. Maybe we should be a little nicer. Who knows? Just an idea, guys. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> wild thought. Maybe it's not Bilbo's fault that this journey's been kind of miserable. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe it's been all our fault. <laughs> like, hear me out. We could have planned better. I mean, it really has been the dwarves' fault. <laughs> yes. The trolls. They sent Bilbo to investigate the trolls. That was, that was, you could say that was Bilbo's fault, but like, no, that was the dwarves' fault. Yeah. They <laughs> made a could choice. could have gone with him or whatever, you know. They made yeah. a choice. It was a poor choice. They sent, the whole reason they get into the mess with the goblins is because Keely and Feely go to scout out a cave and they're like, it looks fine to me. And it was not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Narrator voice, but it was not fine. Yeah, and then, like, the goblins and the wargs, that all happens. And then the whole reason they, they have this thing with the wood elves is because they went off the path and, and Mirkwood. So, you know what? It really is the dwarves' fault that this, is, that this adventure is not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we we do have, like, a narrator cutaway talking about what the wood elves were up to. And it says, that, like, Bilbo never really learned what they were doing, but he could have guessed. I'm assuming, like, guessed based on what happens in the future possibly hmm we'll see um and the king finds out that he's that the prisoners have escaped it does mention that he doesn't know what happened to the chief of the guards and the butler who were the ones that got drunk and fell asleep and that's how bilbo was able to get the dwarves out so i love that like it mentions that like i don't know what happened to the two people who were at fault for this yes i hope they're okay who knows i love in the hobbit that they that they escape from the wood elves by these people getting drunk because did you watch the standard editions of lord of the rings or the extended edition oh yeah you can bet i had um I-, I watched it all okay all Don't right you worry. so you remember the drinking contest I in rohan of- I have a lot of feelings about that scene because I think <laughs> I think in theory I, I feel like I taught this scene brings up very visceral emotions for me <laughs> because like it was that it's a great idea on paper but the way they executed it was not good at all but yes so I know weird. exactly what you mean how like yeah the elves Legolas get drunk- is like oh yeah I've been drinking for hours and basically nothing's happened and I'm to fine me. <laughs> yeah and the, but like two cups of wine and the butler and the guy are are passed out i mean it does mention that i think it mentions that like they drink strong wine yeah but yeah that is funny that like maybe there could have been someone on set that you know when they were writing that scene to be like hey guys this is actually this this like fun idea that legolas isn't affected by alcohol is actually not based it's actually like quite the opposite. The elves get hoisted. I mean, the only other way I can think to read it is that elvish wine is like maybe it's super one hundred and sixty proof alcohol. Well, no, because I think I think it was like it was like exported emissions. I think from like another area of, okay. of the land or whatever that like they bring in all these goods, and that's 
why they have all these barrels. So, yeah, so okay. It, or maybe it was all of them white. You know what? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it, that, <laughs> that is funny. That like, I'm like, I mean, if the beer that they're drinking is, like, so weak or whatever compared, Yeah, maybe it's because it was ale. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. That, like, they can only like, get drunk off of elven wine. Yeah. Elvish physiology. They, like, dissolve they're those ale really. They're those, like, really snobby, like, sommeliers. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, you go to the bar, and you're like, can I just have, like, a Bud Light whatever? Yes. And they're like, do you have elven wine? No, we only have, you know, house wine whatever. And they're like, mm, sorry, no, I'm not interested. I'll just have a club soda. Fine. I guess I'll DD, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just, like, very grumpy about it. Oh, I love anyway, it. so it mentions that the king is very upset about all this. Um, And he eventually guesses, he's like, okay, so they're going off to get this treasure. Well, they are certainly not going to come back through my forest with that treasure. I'll tell you what. I have to be like, I mean, I doubt they would go back through your forest given what happened the first time. I don't. I mean, I don't know, like, how they plan the return journey, but I'm just guessing that, like, they're done with Mirkwood. They're not going back of their own yeah, free like, will. Yeah, be- <laughs> between the elves and the spiders, like, why would you? Yeah. You know? But at the same time, he's like, well, we don't even have to worry about that because they're going to die. They're probably going to die unless they're up to some kind of burglary. Huh. I wonder if anything like that will happen. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Because <laughs> it, do- it says um, another like funny note from the narrator. Uh, he strongly suspected attempted burglary or something like it, which shows he was a wise elf and wiser than the men of the town, though not quite right, as we will see in the end. So it is something, uh, these like little hints of like what Bilbo does and like what he gets up to uh, and like what his mission is. Because technically, not even technically. We don't really know why they brought Bilbo. It's still not made clear. They're just like, you're the burglar. And I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? Which, I mean, it implies he's going to steal something. Something. But what? But like what? The yeah. only thing I can imagine is that, like, they're bringing him because he's small enough to fit through, like, a tunnel or a doorway or something. I don't know. Um, And that's why, like, they had to get a hobbit instead of, you know, just one of them. Although it does mean it do- they do make repeated... um references that like hobbits are very like sneaky and also it's helpful if you happen to have a ring that makes you invisible um (laughs) (laughs) well and like he does i mean tolkien does like all the instances of bilbo being overlooked even while he's not wearing the ring it like does add to the whole oh if you're gonna pick someone up to be like a scout or a sneaky burglar like a hobbit would be pretty good at it Mm -hmm. yeah so he guesses that there's going to be some attempted burglary and then he sends some spies out to follow them guess we'll we'll have to see what happens oh and also i just kind of noticed this right now it uh, says he sent out his spies like bala and the sentence is and waited i love that and waited like go do my bidding and we'll see What's what the king happens. of Mirkwood doing right now, you ask? Waiting. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally, oh, it actually says, it says the end of a fortnight, which I believe is two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks or 20 days or something like that. Yeah. So I know if I Google search Fortnite, all that's going to come up is the video game. Know. So I'm not going to worry I, about it. Um, I will take this bullet for you. A f- <laughs> <laughs> Although I believe they're spelled differently. I so. did not mean the game Fortnite. Thank you. Yep, there we go. Uh, 14 days. You were right. Okay, cool. So two weeks have passed at this point, And Thorin's like, maybe we should get on with this adventure. Um, and he speaks with the master and is like, can we have some supplies and some stuff to get going on our journey? And this is when the master is finally like, oh, you're actually serious about this. I thought you were just like... Pulling everyone's leg and I'm and not being were... punked. Like... Yeah, <laughs> like where's Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, <laughs> like he he's like, oh, you actually like might you might actually be the son of these dwarven kings. You're actually serious about this. I mean, you're probably gonna die. So best of luck to you. But like, you're serious. Okay, sure. Take some, you know, take some boats and we'll we'll get you to the mainland again, and you can get 
you can get going. Oh, and then it also mentions that he was not at all sorry to let them go. They were expensive to keep. I love that. Um, yes. While they've been there, the whole town has been like partying. And it mentions that like everyone was kind of like on a vacation while they were there. And so business yes. had slowed down and halted. And so they weren't really making a lot of money. And he's like, please go. You're slowing down our economy. <laughs> right. He's like, mm, nobody's been to work in two weeks. <laughs> The economy's in shambles. Yeah. <laughs> like they look back on like their economic history of Lake Town and it's like, oh my gosh, what was this? What was the cra- What was this crash of yeah. 1322? I don't know what year this is um, <laughs> in the okay. Hobbit. You know. <laughs> what was the crash of 1322? Oh, well, these dwarves and a small child came to our town for two weeks. That's it. <laughs> That's what <Yep>. happened. <laughs> Can you? Write that off as like act of God or something for tax purposes. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> like a, a returned king came through. Yeah. <laughs> so they are loaned all of these supplies. Horses and ponies are going to be sent around so that they can meet them. I note this because I've been very traumatized because um, earlier in this book it mentioned it notes that the goblins ate their ponies. So I always like to mention whenever they're given more ponies, and I just hope these ponies have a better a better ending than the I previous ones. I hope they ones. do too. I also like to think that Tolkien is aware that he did the ponies dirty in in the hobbit because in lord of the rings i feel like he is constantly reminding us like bill the pony was bill fine the pony is amazing he was fine he's our know? favorite he is the strongest member of the fellowship <laughs> truly i mean you put him and sam together and it's like wow that's like 99 percent of the fellowship right there exactly yeah <laughs> uh and, and so they're they're off and the last sentence of this chapter um and or what did I say? The last sentence of this chapter says the only person thoroughly unhappy was Bilbo. And I'm like, yes. when, aren't, when aren't you thoroughly unhappy, Bilbo? Like, I mean, he's he's just so afraid of the mountain, you know? It's a scary <laughs> mountain. <laughs> My favorite line, I think, in this whole chapter is how during the like two weeks of celebrations and stuff and nobody asking who Bilbo is, uh, Tolkien's basically like, oh, yeah, and Bilbo didn't get off easy either. Like he wasn't sick and miserable right away, but he got this horrible cold. And so it's like as the dwarves are like finally saying thank you and like patting him on the back and giving him stuff, he literally like phonetically writes out the way that Bilbo says thank you. Yeah, with like with cold. a stuffy nose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he he got the he got the sniffles because um, yes. he was in the river for so long. He got the sniffles. Um, yeah, it says "thag you very much." Does that <laughs> does that sound like I said thank you very much with a a little nose? bit? Yeah, it does. Funny. Um, that reminds me. I mean, probably another. I'm not saying that J.K. Rowling stole that specifically, but um, I do remember that. Um, that she does that a lot in Harry Potter when like someone gets punched in the nose or something. Yes. Um, she like phonetically writes out like Neville, like stumble, like yes. muffling his words and stuff. All right, cool. I was, I'm so pleasantly surprised that we had such a great conversation because I was like, oh no, this episode's going to be 20 minutes long. <laughs> you know, for a chapter that was like 75% map quest and 25% it's a party. I feel like we did pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so too. I'd say so too. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet? So for Mordor She Wrote, we are Mordor underscore She Wrote on Twitter. That's the easiest place to find us. Um, You can also search for the show on Facebook and Instagram by that same name. And then I personally can be found at Lady Tabletop on Twitter. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Hello from Elsewhere. Now, if you don't know, Valerie and Casey have announced that their journey with Hello from Elsewhere has come to an end. And as you are listening to this, the finale episode just came out last week. So make sure to go listen to that, support Valerie and Casey, um, and listen to them say goodbye and talk about their next phase of their creative journeys. And I'm really excited for them and happy that they get to focus on other things that they're excited about. And if you want, you can also still go back and listen to all of their episodes because they're all amazing and wonderful. And okay, here they are now. 
Do you find yourself thinking deeply about pop culture? Do you wish for a super nerdy podcast that explores your favorite movies and books? Well, look no further. From WBNE, it's Hello from Elsewhere. On our podcast, we promise to literally transport you to all your favorite fictional settings. I don't think we can actually promise that. Yes, we can. Travel with us to the Death Star. We can't put people in harm's way like that. Or visit beautiful new Asgard. That's so many plane tickets to Norway. Explore the eras of Jane Austen or Frankenstein. Metaphorically, we don't know how to implement time travel. We do now on Hello from Elsewhere. We're going to get in trouble with these promises. With new episodes every other Friday, Hello from Elsewhere is available wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, that part is true. You can even listen on the Hogwarts Express. Oh boy. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Tolkien About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash tolkienaboutpod. And there's a good chance that whenever you go to get merch, there will be some kind of sale going on. Or if there's not one currently happening, there's probably going to be one happening soon. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at tolkienaboutpod. And you can also join the Facebook group, which is linked in the episode description. You can find me on Twitter at mcwhatsup and Instagram at mcturndownforwhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash tolkienaboutpod to explore different tiers and perks that are right for your financial situation. You can join Discord for $3 a month, which is a wonderful thing to do. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Alan. Alan, thank you so much for all of your continued support of That's What I'm Talking About. I appreciate it so much. And if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. Thank you so much for coming on. Again, do you have any parting words for the audience? I, I really don't. Just keep hanging in there. Enjoy the journey. There's going to be so much more grumpiness to come. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.